Hello, America, and welcome to Tuesday. We've got a great show. Uh, I don't know where we start. Uh, the Michigan sheriffs and the Michigan judge that said, yeah, you know, the 77-year-old barber? Nah, we're not going to arrest him. I don't care what the governor says. Oh, that's good eating. How about, how about Elon Musk saying, F you, California, I'm opening up. Come arrest me. Will they arrest him today or not? Uh, Cheryl Atkinson has a list of all of the lies that the media has told. And it's fantastic, especially on the day that we have new names being released. We could see indictments of Clapper, of Brennan, of Samantha Power, uh, possibly Joe Biden and Barack Obama. It's an amazing Obamagate scandal that is going on. We have that. Oh, and how can we forget? Uh, Bible scholars are now saying the uh, the fourth horseman is finally uh, saddled up and riding. So Jesus is coming soon. Where do we begin? We'll decide in 60 seconds. This is the Glenn Beck Program. <sighs> All right. So if you are one of those people that are dealing with frequent or constant pain, uh, you have also probably rejected a few things out of hand because you've gone see all the doctors. You've you've tried all of the prescriptions. You've done everything you're supposed to do and nothing works. And so when some Yahoo on the radio comes on and says, hey, I got an idea. You should try something completely different. It's uh, it's not a drug. It's uh, it's natural and designed by doctors. And really, it works. You're like, no, it's not going to work. Might work. Might work for the non-professionals, uh, you know, in the pain area. But I'm a professional man. It's not going to work for me. And I know because that's exactly who I was. I was an expert on pain, and I, I knew this would never work. Lo and behold, I listened to my wife. I took it, and it works. And that's why I endorse Relief Factor. ReliefFactor.com. Try it. 800-583-84. You can hear this from a bunch of people, some of which have probably never taken it. Some have. I'm telling you, I take it three times a day, and it works. And I've been taking it three times a day for the last two years, and it keeps me out of pain relieffactor.com relieffactor.com if you've tried everything else try it try it for three weeks 800-583-84 relieffactor.com mm. stew yes oh it's so it's so tense i don't know mm. do we it's like who gets on the train today we have Megan Kelly coming up uh, today. Uh, she's going to be with us for a full hour. I, we might have either Cheryl Atkinson or Tim Poole on today to talk about the press and the, the mayhem with the CBS reporter yesterday. Oh, that was just so satisfying. Um, but we also have uh, the declassified list of Obama officials that are that could go to jail should go to jail i mean i think it's like a five-year sentence for unmasking uh general flynn uh, it's fantastic <laughs> where do we start where do we start <sighs> well i mean it's it's that last one's pretty pretty tempting i mean a whole yeah it is, uh, it is. I, i'm curious Good. because i you know I, i'm not a believer that this stuff ever happens right it doesn't feel like it ever happens like we always talk about right. these like big charges that are coming down and you know when it comes to these big powerful people in washington is it ever going to really occur i suppose if anyone's going to do it it's going to be donald trump 
Um, yes. So yeah, let's start there. I and he has reason that. to. Yeah. Really? Now, I mean, because, you know, we could all die before we finish that story. It's like when you go to a restaurant, start with dessert. You could die before the meal gets here. Start with dessert. It's fair, although it doesn't necessarily cleanse your palate. The, the, <laughs> all right. If you, okay. If all if right. you end on an appetizer, it doesn't necessarily uh, cleanse the palate that well. Well, I usually have, ah, I made it to dessert, <laughs> so I'll have a second dessert. Mm-hmm. If all you all eat right, is anyway. dessert, then you're, then you're always living life to the fullest. <laughs> Exactly right, Stu. Finally, someone who understands me. <laughs> I married. I married the wrong person. Um, acting, dire- acting director of the National Intelligence, Richard Grinnell, has declassified a list of Obama administration officials involved in the illegal unmasking of General Michael Flynn in wiretapping. Now, what's interesting is we almost had Grinnell on. Do you remember? We had Grinnell on because we knew he knew something. We knew he knew something. And it was during the uh, the Biden thing. And at the last minute, we couldn't get the satellite up or whatever it was because he was over in Germany. Well, Attorney General William Barr is now in possession of the list and has the authority to make the document public, according to ABC News. Grinnell visited the Justice Department last week, delivering the list of Obama administration officials before A.G. Barr announced the dropping of the DOJ case against Flynn. Flynn pleaded guilty to one count of lying to FBI investigators about uh, contacts with former ambassador of Russia. But he withdrew his plea when the legal team found evidence of potential uh, prosecutorial and investigative abuses. So here's what happened. They knew uh, back in late 2016, in December, that the FBI had nothing on Flynn. And then there was a meeting at the White House. And at this meeting was everybody, including Barack Obama. And it's now been revealed that Barack Obama knew about everything. Now, this is new because Clapper had testified Ah, no, I didn't brief him. Nobody. The president wasn't involved. He didn't know. But now we know that, yes, indeed, he did. And I'm trying to remember who was there at the meeting. It was somebody big who was surprised that Obama knew about all of this. And so they they knew that the FBI was closing the case. And Obama said, no, you don't want to do that. You want to keep this open. You want to just keep you just want to keep this open. And so they kept it open and they were looking to uh, take down General Flynn one way or another. This is why that FBI uh, agent wrote and said, I'm confused here. Are we trying to find a crime or are we trying to uh, get him to lie so we can force him out? So that's why that is important now. So it is they were trying to get him on a Logan Act violation. Now, the Logan Act is from like the 1700s. Okay, when we had actual foreign people uh, going over to uh, distant lands uh, that may have had some sort of uh, allegiance to those lands. And they were representing themselves as able to talk to the uh, uh, for the United States of America. And Washington wanted to make sure that nobody was doing that. You don't speak for America. We have a secretary of state that speaks for America. 
Nobody has ever been prosecuted for this, including Ted Kennedy, who went over to Russia at the height of the Cold War and was telling them what we were doing and not to not to worry about it. I don't know. We're all bluster. Okay, he went over and was 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 aiding and abetting and providing comfort to our sworn enemy, Russia. Never. Nobody's ever been prosecuted with this. Okay. Old timey law, but that's what the FBI wanted. So now it looks like we have uh, we have these declassified names. Uh, it's it's Comey, uh, Clapper. Who else here? Comey Clapper. Uh, I don't have the list in front of me and we don't know who's on the official list. These are just, this is just speculation. Obama and Biden could be on this. And, uh, I will tell you that, uh, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a reason that, uh, that, uh, Donald Trump came out yesterday and really had at it. Here's, here he is on Obamagate crime. Listen to this audio from yesterday. Trump accusing Obama of Obamagate. What crime exactly are you accusing President Obama of committing? And do you believe the Justice Department should prosecute him? Uh, Obamagate. It's been going on for a long time. It's been going on from before I even got elected. And it's a disgrace that it happened. And if you look at what's gone on and if you look at now all of this information that's being released, and from what I understand, that's only the beginning. Uh, some terrible things happened, and it should never be allowed to happen in our country again. And you'll be seeing what's going on over the next, over the coming weeks. But I, and I wish you'd write honestly about it. But unfortunately, you choose not to do so. Yeah, John, please. Crime. What is the crime exactly that uh, you're accusing him of? You know what the crime is. The crime is very obvious to everybody. All you have to do is read the newspapers, except yours. <laughs> Okay, so here's the crime. Obama had unexpectedly intimate knowledge about the details of Flynn's phone calls with the uh, Russian uh, ambassador. The FBI acknowledged at the time these were not criminal or even improper. But the problem was, is the president has said that he didn't know about it wasn't involved in any of this in fact there was testimony uh from clapper saying uh he, he was under oath uh in uh in congress and he said did the president did you brief the president did the president know about this and he said no so now he's committed perjury under oath in congress now, here's the real problem. Obama has said this is a problem that we're not prosecuting Flynn because he said the charges against Flynn uh, were perjury. And uh, he said this is something that we is is hurting the uh, rule of law in America, quote, the fact there is no precedent that anyone can find for someone who has been charged with perjury just getting off scot-free. Uh, yeah, I would say that would be Bill Clinton. But why stop there? 
Obama said that's the kind of stuff where you begin to get worried that basic, not just institutional norms, but our basic understanding of the rule of law is at risk. Yes, we said that about Bill Clinton. And everyone said, well, yeah, but it was only a a personal uh, lie. It was a lie to protect his marriage. Okay. Well, uh, Flynn, he lied. We know that he lied. The reason why he's not being um, nailed for it is because of the rule of law. There wasn't an investigation that should have been going on. You can't just an FBI agent can't just walk into your house and you're talking to him and you say, you know what? Uh, I really I really think that you're a wonderful individual. And he says, you're lying to me. That's perjury. No, if he was doing an investigation and that investigation had a warrant and was authorized and it was a legitimate investigation, then you could get him for perjury. But because this wasn't a legitimate investigation, this was a setup. He can now say, no, I I lied to you, but you can't prosecute me. It's just like Miranda writes. If you don't read somebody their rights, you can't prosecute them. You can't use the things that they said because you didn't tell them their rights. That is all about due process and the rule of law. What's Clapper's excuse? Clapper was covering for Barack Obama while under oath about an illegal investigation. There's nowhere to go there. So if Barack Obama cares so much about perjury, he is throwing Clapper under the bus. And there's it couldn't happen to a nicer person. Uh, we'll get, we'll get back to this and so much more coming up in just a second. Let me stop for one minute. Glenn Beck. American Financing NMLS one eight two three three four www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. All right, so I don't know what you're doing uh, with your finances and your your housing expenses and everything else, but I urge you, please. I have been tossing and turning, you know, all night. And the, the worst thing you can do is have a fear of missing out with the with the stock market. It's going to go up, but it is going to come crashing down. Uh, and, you know, you've got to understand that what we're experiencing right now is just the beginning of what we're going into. So what are you doing about your finances, your mortgage? If you have a 4% or more mortgage right now, you've got to refi. Please refi this. If you're looking for a mortgage to buy a new house, please go to American Financing. I mean, do your own homework. Go elsewhere as well. But just call them to see if they can help you. Um, Also, if you want to consolidate your loans and get out of those high interest uh, credit card debts, I highly, highly recommend it. Please call American Financing. They can help you at 800-906-2440. They'll know within 10 minutes whether they can really make an impact in your in your financial world uh, within 10 minutes. So it's a 10-minute phone call. Call them right now. They're waiting for you at 800-906-2440 or go to AmericanFinancing.net. That's AmericanFinancing.net. 10 seconds. Station ID.
Uh, I want to play some audio here of uh, Trey Gowdy yesterday. Uh, Trey was saying that there was a problem with his investigation now, uh, and he should have known better. Here's what he said yesterday. I made a lot of mistakes in life, relying on briefings and not insisting on the documents. It took me about three weeks. I went over to the Department of Justice. I sat there for four hours. That's when I saw that Peter Strzok actually initiated and approved Crossfire Hurricane. That's when I saw the exculpatory information on George Papadopoulos. That's when I saw for the very first time that it was the Trump campaign mentioned in that predicate document. They've been telling us all along, Trump's not the target, the campaign's not the target. So, yes, my mistake was relying on the word of the FBI and the DOJ and not insisting on the documents. Right. Luckily, it took me about three weeks to correct that mistake. So here's the question. America really is at a crossroads right now. Are we going to listen to the people that we know have been lying to us, the media, I mean, the media now has, and even with the left, the media now has a lower score, I think, than cockroaches, don't they? On America's favorite things or most trusted thing, cockroaches, I believe, are higher on the list than the media. They have the lowest score they've ever had. Uh, and it's not just coming from one side. Now, one side believes them more than the other. But we have to ask ourselves now, if we're being honest, what do we do? Do we do we continue to accept what they say is truth or not? Because they're now being made into authoritative sources for social media. Are they authoritative sources? Is this what we want? Twitter is now labeling uh, misleading coronavirus info, and that is only going to open up a whole new can of worms. Personally, you need to. You need to join us at The Blaze. Um, We exist because of your subscriptions. Uh, We can only do what we do because of your subscriptions. And I think we provide real value. Uh, We have we have shows now on the network that are just a one quality. And uh, we're working to join with more voices and support more voices uh, but you get more than your money's worth uh, now. It's about, I think, what is it? It's like over five bucks a month with this current special. It ends this week. So get $30 off for the year's subscription now. It's our biggest discount ever. We did it for the coronavirus. We're going back to the regular price uh, on, I think, the weekend. I'm not sure. Uh, but it ends, I know, this week. BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn. You will get the news and information and the voices that you need to support uh, because we are in the battle of our lives now. This this is the battle I have been warning about, and we're just at the beginning of it. These guys are not going to give up easily. If you think that if you think that the media is going to carry the uh, water here for our attorney general bar and and. uh uh, and support the rule of law. You've got another thing coming. Did you see yesterday that 2,000 FBI, former FBI officials came out against Attorney General Barr on this? I mean, I can't believe it. I just don't know what's happening. How can 2,000 agents come out? A, who organized that. But where are the other agents that are supporting the rule of law? 
Well, there's a lot of agents, right? And this becomes a political thing. You know, if, I you, know. if you don't like the I administration, know. It shouldn't. yeah, it shouldn't be. It usually isn't. I mean, there also is an element here of, you know, when you're talking about people like Comey, for example, you're talking about going out of after one of their own. And that's not always uh, looked upon so positively uh, by institutions. Uh, so that could be also an element at play. Comey has done more to damage the regular FBI agent uh, than any person other than maybe Hoover in in the history of the FBI. I mean, he's, he's taken people who believed and supported the FBI uh, in, in almost every on everything and has taken those people and made them question at best how they feel about the FBI. It's pretty it's pretty remarkable the damage that has been done there. All right, coming up in uh, just a second, we've got to talk about Elon Musk. Uh, also, Megan Kelly will be joining us. She's going to talk uh, about her interview with Tara Reid and also the media. What is happening with the media today? How do we trust anything? That's all coming up today on the Glenn Beck Program. This is the Glenn Beck Program. All right, here's the thing about trust. It is earned. And if you're like me, you've been putting your trust in Mike Lindell and his MyPillow to give you a best night's sleep that you can imagine for a while now. Mike appreciates that. Um, And I'm going to go off of the commercial uh, copy here and say um, sometimes when somebody goes the extra mile, it's worth thanking them when they're really fighting in your corner. Uh, Mike has done some amazing things. And if you've ever watched my podcast with Mike Lindell, uh, he is he is using all of the money that my pillow makes for really good. He believes he's on God's uh, God's mission. And I think he might be. Um, he is really uh, doing some amazing things. And he has retooled his factory during this time to make masks and everything else uh, at great expense to him. Maybe you might want to check out one of his two-for-one offers. They got him for everything from MyPillow.com, but we've trusted him. He's trusted us, and if you are looking for great sheets or a bolster pillow or a a Giza elegance pillow, all kinds of things, 60-day money-back guarantee, MyPillow.com, promo code back. And you can go to BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn. A few days left for 30 bucks off. America. Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. Glad you're here. Uh, there's a couple of things. I got to stop and talk about Elon Musk because I love this guy. I love him. Now, remember, Elon Musk is a global warming guy. I mean, that's why he's that's why he's planning on going to Mars because he's so convinced about global warming. OK, so he's not exactly a conservative, um, but he's he is great. I just love him. He's an entrepreneur. He is He's Tony Stark. Let's be honest. He is living the life of Tony Stark uh, and using his money in all the ways that you would hope to use your money if you were really, really rich and a genius. Um, Well, he is in uh, an argument now with California. And California has said you can't open your uh, your uh, factory uh, until when, when are they saying the 20th or something like that? And he says, I'm opening it up. I'm opening it up today. That's, this is today. 
Uh, and uh, if you want to arrest me, go ahead. I'll be on the line. So now California is really, really pissed at him uh, because he's defying their orders. And he says, I don't get authority from you. I don't know, some some little coronavirus commission. Nobody elected you. No, I'm running my company. And so he's opening up the doors today. Apparently, it has been crowded for the last few days as they started to come back online. And he's threatening to move to Texas or Nevada, which I mean, you can move to Nevada, but you will be welcomed here in Texas, Mr. Musk. Yeah, I understand that Newsom kind of gave him the go ahead. And then it was some non-elected county official that said, no, you're not going, you're not restarting that. And he's like, who are you? No, I'm, I'm going to restart it. So I, I think good for him. I, it's, it's unconstitutional. Oh, I, hope they, I, I hope they arrest him. I hope they do. They won't. Mm-hmm. I hope they do. Because he has the money to make it into. He's not going to shut up. And he's not going to take it. You know what else is kind of cool about Elon Musk is he's the only billionaire hobo I know of. (laughs) He says he's going to be without a house. He's getting rid of all of his possessions. He's supposedly incredibly cash poor. He's just a billionaire on paper. I mean, he doesn't have, apparently, a lot of cash flow. At least that's what they say, and that's what he has said in the past. Uh, So it's kind of interesting to see the way he operates. Uh, He talks down his own stock. He talks about not having any possessions ever. He's a really interesting guy. Interesting cat. I love him. If there was anybody I could interview today, my dream interview probably would be Elon Musk. I find him one of the most fascinating. He's kind of a, he's a Nikolai Tesla of our era. Um, And I think misunderstood and, and maybe crazy. I don't, I don't (laughs) know. I don't think so, but maybe crazy. Uh, and I love that about him. And he embodies the American entrepreneurial spirit. He is a Nikolai Tesla um, in all the ways that, you know, on all the things that implies and, and maybe even the crazy part. But uh, I, I hope they arrest him because he won't sit down. He it, will not sit down. It's fun, too, because the left now hates him just for the reasons we've been talking about that he insists on opening his factory again. And that I can't he, take their zero tolerance policy. Yeah. Ugh. You disagree with one thing on the left and you're mm-hmm. out. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Especially so this one's really interesting to me because he seems to be, you know, he's against the lockdowns. Right. And the president yeah. is still, you know, he, he has obviously called for six weeks of lockdown. And he said he's been defending it on Twitter recently that it was the right policy to do. And yet now opposition to Trump is unacceptable to the left, which is a fascinating development, right? But because it, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. This isn't this. This No, I hate this argument. I oh, heard okay. this on Fox News of oh, all I'm places. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to offend you. Uh, Jeez, my gosh. Well, just you don't did. Jump my throat, you I did. Mean. I'm a little like Elon Musk. I may be I crazy. So. Here's uh-huh. the thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> Here's the thing. Donald Trump. Yes, he had the six week lockdown, but all of the rest of this stuff is happening because of the states. Donald Trump is not responsible for all of this stuff now. 
yeah, all I mean, these I, I, lockdowns are being run by the states, not the federal government. Right. I'm just saying Trump agreed with the policy for six weeks, right? He's now trying to get yes. people to open up. And, and he's saying, and he's, by the way, even after the lockdown expired, is it, it was criticizing the Georgia governor for doing too much too fast. So, I mean, I don't think Trump is in a, in a situation where he has been advocating this. You know, the media tries to make him out to be this crazy, radical character where he's just like, everyone go out and sneeze on each other. Like, that's not what he's done at all. There's no evidence all, of that whatsoever. All. And so, you totally know, reasonable. and what and what uh, uh, Musk is doing here is he's been saying, like, you know, free America, open it up, blah, blah, blah. And like that is in opposition to what Donald Trump is saying, which usually immediately guarantees you're on the right side of the left. Because whatever Trump says, uh, if you're on the left, you have to disagree with it. What what is funny is they just are reading into his mindset and saying, well, he doesn't actually believe it. He doesn't actually believe it. No, he's actually, no, but he's actually come out and said that this is fascistic. What's happening is fascistic. Musk. So he's not. I don't think he's. Yeah, I don't think he's meaning that about Donald Trump. Per no, but se. He's, he's he would say he's about, meaning about lockdowns right now. His his immediate yes. concern is Newsom, who's gone further than Trump. But I mean, I don't think mm-hmm. the difference. Which I don't think the space between Trump and Newsom is fascism. They they both have said like, hey, this is a this is a big time. We need to close down the economy. You know, like I think just for whatever reason, because Trump's at times rhetoric says, hey, we, we're we're you know we want to open this up and we we want to get out there. When we want to get out there by Easter, but then he himself had the lockdown several weeks past Easter, right? Like he's looking at this, mm-hmm. I think, and trying to judge it with the best scientific you know knowledge that's coming into him. Uh, and Musk is uh, is is saying it's time. I think it is time. This is Texas. We're, we're, is we've started to open it up, and I think we've done Are it. You in wearing a smart masks way. outside? Was you that? wearing masks outside? No. You wearing masks outside? outside? No, I don't wear them outside. Do you, no. do you wear them into a store? I wear them into a store. Oh, do you? Uh, yeah, uh, sometimes. Oh. You know, I mean, it's, it depends on the situation. I feel like it's interesting because um, I've been to one store with one hundred percent mask usage. Really, Whole Foods. It's the only place oh, I've been into that has worn all the granola oh, yeah. people. Right, and that's probably the absolute <laughs> safest place to not wear a mask because everyone else is wearing a mask. Yep. Um, if I go, there's mm-hmm. some stores where they're, no one's wearing them, and that's actually the place you probably should wear them, uh, which is kind of counterintuitive. Did uh, you guys see the video of the real estate agent in Miami whose client apparently uh, went against uh, her better judgment, the realtor's better judgment, and didn't wear a mask or gloves to an appointment? Mm. Uh, watch this. You just a tad upset about it. Video because I'm a little pissed off at the simple fact that people around this town don't wear the mask, don't wear their gloves. I just finished showing a house right now. The lady was pissed off because I asked her to wear a mask. Like seriously, woman. And then she's coughing two seconds later. Like it's no big deal. We're in this because of like that. Because people out there on their boats doing all their bull partying. No, I'm not jealous. No, I'm not. Because you know what? I have a yard. I could go out with my friends and party, but there's a time and place for everything. And now is not the time and place. Now is the time and place to be taking care of yourselves and the people around you. There are people dying. There are people in hospitals risking their lives because of like you who won't wear your mask, who don't wear your gloves, who don't wear practice social distancing. There's somebody yes, who bought in completely town, But the truth is, you know what? There's a time and place for partying and everything. Uh-huh. Now is not the time to party. The what? Oh, wow. Only in Miami. <laughs> only in Dade. Only in Florida. Let me do it for a video for a me for a TikTok. Wear your 
mask, wear your gloves, mm. or we're going to be quarantined all the way to September, and we may be spending <laughs> New Year's in our house because of you out there who don't wear your mask. And you mm. know what? I give a God rep. You guys get pissed off at me, don't like me, and you know what? You delete me off your social media. You'll probably mm -hmm. be doing me a favor. So I don't need like you. Wear okay. your mask, wear oh, your geez. gloves, so we can get the out of our house, you <laughs> dumb Wow. Here's what I would suggest. Yeah. You shouldn't drive while uh, <laughs> Thank you. while recording. Yes. She's got one hand. You can see it in her glasses. She's got one hand on yep. the steering wheel and the other one on her phone. Uh, Why did you know it's effing people like you that are killing people on the roadways? I really thought at the end they, yes. she was going to crash into something at the end of that video. I thought that's what oh, I was waiting great. for. It would have been great. Yeah. <laughs> you know, would have been great. Would've I guess. <laughs> well, it would have been appropriate. Uh, you know, I, I, I find this. Uh, I, I find this also in, uh, in intriguing as she is uh, she is yelling about this. I'm guessing she didn't sell the house. I'm guessing she left <laughs> yeah, the house. I'd say that's a good and guess. Didn't. Yeah. 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 And I wonder if the woman would have said, OK, let's sign a contract. I wonder if that rant would have happened. No way. <laughs> yeah, probably not. No way. Right. <laughs> and the other thing is the glove situation. When you go into the yeah, store gloves. wearing gloves and then you touch something. You're already con you're contaminated right there. You need to yeah. change the gloves after you touch anything. So if you have enough ch glove changes with you uh, to t to change them out after every single touch, like you're touching a, a cereal box that has been handled by forty other people. Right. Well, yeah, and the glove people thing is isn't even science, right? It's I mean, not. like it's, no. it's, it's you know, it's much better to actually have touched something bad and then wash your hands than right. to have it on your right. gloves. Mm -hmm. Then you take it off. A lot of people would touch whatever is on the outside of their gloves if they don't take it off properly. And then what use that as an excuse to not wash their hands? Well, you should wash your hands after that anyway. Mm -hmm. You know, the mask thing, I think, you know, the science on that is, you know, look, there's a good they say about 70 to 80 percent uh drop on how how many droplets could get through if someone sneezes uh, in your face basically which is look it's it's how it, often it are people helps. sneezing in very your face, infrequently yeah. but i mean it only yeah. takes once as you right. very recently found out i did for my grandson who <laughs> sneezed grandson. directly in my face <laughs> and uh yes i did get sick mm -hmm. it's better than having it it's happen. better than having your daughter is better than having your daughter vomit in your mouth which oh, i've had and yes. that's <laughs> nasty that sounds worse <laughs> it was uh, not definitely good. worse it no mask is helping good. you from that i no. will say yeah no daddy i have a tummy ache well Blah. what does it feel like Blah. <laughs> yeah, it was not good. It but, was not good. I mean, you know, as far as I know, Glenn, you haven't been out at all. So uh, you, you probably don't have to worry about masks because you haven't gone out to dinner or anything. You haven't taken advantage of any of our no. Texas freedoms and yet. I'm really liking staying at home. I'm really <laughs> loving it. Uh, there is a chance. If there wasn't a camera in my house that I had to show up every day, I might look like Howard Hughes at this point. <laughs> I may have just a long beard and really long, creepy fingernails and be like, like, I'm just peeing in bottles now and leaving them outside of the door. It's a very detractive really image. Yes, I know it is. Uh, but I'm, I'm actually very, I'm, I'm enjoying it. And I can't take the mask thing because, I mean, I'll wear the mask if, you know, if we have to wear the mask, I'll wear the mask. Um, but it, it's ridiculous because nobody knows what they're doing. Did you right. see, I, I saw somebody yesterday, where was it on TV? They were wearing the mask. And they were talking, but they they had the mask just over their mouth, not over their nose. And I'm like, that's not doing you any good. Doing? 
Yeah. That's not do you. And you know You're, what I love I mean, is you, when they when they take their glove hand and they pull down the mask so they can talk to you. Well, you've just contaminated your gloves and your mask. Right. Yeah. So why do you have them on? No, my yeah. just no, no, no. My favorite are the people like at Home Depot that are wearing gloves and their gloves are like black from wearing them all day. <laughs> yeah. You're just You're keeping like, it around you... longer. I don't. The glove thing makes no <laughs> sense. Not, you can't wash none. your hand. You can't wash the outside of the gloves off. So right. you're, the stuff that you pick up stays there forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have just your hands and you touch something that's bad wash your hands you're frequently washing your hands and it gets removed and you're okay every so often right it doesn't happen with gloves <laughs> that's, that's true it, the mask thing at least makes sense i think the, you know if you you can obviously yeah, screw the mask it up. thing makes mm-hmm. sense but the, the yeah. gloves make no sense no sense pat gray from pat gray unleashed podcast you can hear wherever or listen to him uh live before this broadcast on the blaze radio network thank you very much pat no no uh all right so thank you uh, I will tell you that the woman that you just heard uh, in the uh, the real estate agent is not one of the real estate agents that I trust. You're you're not getting you're not getting that lady. Uh, sorry, Miami. Um, she's not. She didn't qualify. Um, real estate agents I trust are the real estate agents that we have found uh, that meet a set of criteria where they do business the way we think it should be done, where it's just open honest uh they're hardworking. they're the the they sell the most in your area um they they've been there for a while it's not a second job all of the things that make a great real estate agent we look for those people and then we recommend them to you we advise you to you know interview them and interview more than one person real estate agents i trust.com is a free service to you to try to help you find the right real estate agent because you need to sell your house fast and for the most amount of money. So you need the right person to do it. We think we have them for you. Real estate agents. I trust.com. The name kind of says it all. Real estate agents. I trust.com. Tomorrow night on Glenn TV, the FBI, the Department of Justice, the CIA, the Obama administration, all colluding in the worst transition of power our nation has ever seen to take out President Trump. And it turned out to be a disgrace to our country. And it was a takedown of a dual elected president. Glenn reveals the players involved and the documents that prove it. The Russia investigation, a political assassination. Tomorrow night, 9 p.m. Eastern at blazetv.com slash Glenn. This is the Glenn Beck Program. So Cheryl Atkinson has uh, come up with a definitive list of the media mistakes in the Trump era. And as she goes all the way, you know, all the way back to November 2016. Um, and what's interesting to me is she is the stuff that we are now finding out that were out and out lies or planted by members of the Obama team. Uh, with certain reporters. Um, so we have Cheryl Atkinson coming on in just a second. She can explain what's going on and and give us a sense on, you know, she's still in Washington. So d- does she have a sense that this is actually going to lead to something or is this just going to be an, an exercise in uh, in futility? where we are arguing about this and then nothing happens. So we have Cheryl Atkinson coming on in just a minute. Uh, Also, Megyn Kelly 
We have her coming up on the third hour. She's going to talk about the Tara Reid interview, which I think was excellent. She asked every question that I thought needed to be asked um, and found some real gems in there. We're going to talk to her about that and the state of the media coming up. You're listening to Glenn Beck. You've heard me talk about my Tacova's boots and how much I love them and what a great company they come from. It's a small business that's doing things the right way down here in Texas. Well, given the challenges that we're going through as a country, Tacova's has asked me to speak about something else that comes to mind every time I put on my Tacova's boots, the cowboy. Now, you know, I'm not a working cowboy, but I know some of those guys and not being one of them, I wouldn't pretend to be. But what I see in them, I see in other people, too. Because in many ways, cowboy is just a mindset, an uncompromising can-do attitude, a willingness to help even when it's really hard. And most of all, the cowboy knows that the good guys always win in the end. So as you begin the hard work of bootstrapping this country and economy back into shape, Tecovis has the boots you need. Find your pair at tecovis.com, T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com slash Beck, tecovis.com slash Beck. And what do you say? Let's all be cowboys. I want to talk to you about American financing. Um, How many times a day do you spend at least 10 minutes on your Facebook app or your social media app? And you look down and you're just, I'm just going to check something. And you look up and you've, you've wasted 10 minutes at least. 10 minutes. 10 minutes today. Call American financing. This 10 minutes will actually affect your life for the good. It will not be a waste of time. It could save you hundreds, if not a thousand dollars a month uh, on your mortgage or on your credit cards. If you want to refi or if you want to consolidate, if your mortgage is 4% or more, you need to call AmericanFinancing.net. If you have high interest credit cards and you want to consolidate AmericanFinancing.net, call them now, 800-906-2440, A 10-minute phone call. They're waiting for you right now. And welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. It's Tuesday. There is a ton going on. We're now rewriting history in real time. Cuomo came out yesterday and talked about this European virus. European virus? What are you talking about? The coronavirus. Uh, Now it's European. And nobody says anything about it. That's totally cool. Meanwhile, the president is almost attacked by a CBS reporter uh, called a racist because he said, ask China, ask China about these questions. Why are you asking you racist? Oh my gosh, I can't take it. Meanwhile, there are some big things that are happening. Uh, looks like Obamagate is a real thing that members of the Obama administration as high up as the president, President Obama knew this investigation was bogus And pretty much everything we've gone through in the last four years with the media and this Russiagate has been an absolute lie. 
It's a clash of the titans. And the one person I trust to take us through it is Cheryl Atkinson, host of Full Measure, investigative reporter. She joins me in 60 seconds. This is the Glenn Beck Program. All right, I want to talk to you a little bit about Relief Factor. If you're in pain, what are you doing? Let me ask you again. If you're in pain, what are you doing? Stop with whatever it is that you're trying to do that's not working. And please try this. Stop thinking that you're going to have to live this way. 70% of the people that take Relief Factor go on to order more month after month. Because they're like me. It works. It works. I've talked to people who had been strung out on oxycodone for years And their husband cried to me saying, thank you, thank you, thank you. I have my wife back. She didn't want to be on it, but the only thing that would stop her pain was oxycodone. Please, just try this. It is designed by doctors. It reduces the inflammation in the body. I take it three times a day, and it has changed my life. Relieffactor.com. If you're watching watching on uh, Blaze TV, I'm in my art studio. Two and a half years ago, I couldn't pick up a paintbrush. Now I can't seem to put one down. Uh, I, I, I got my life back. Get yours back. Relief Factor. ReliefFactor.com. 800-583-84. ReliefFactor.com. Tomorrow night on Glenn TV, the FBI, the Department of Justice, the CIA, the Obama administration, all colluding in the worst transition of power our nation has ever seen to take out President Trump. And it turned out to be a disgrace to our country. And it was a takedown of a duly elected president. Glenn reveals the players involved and the documents that prove it. The Russia investigation, a political assassination. Tomorrow night, 9 p.m. Eastern at blazetv.com slash Glenn. You know, if you ever if you ever listen to somebody and you agree with everything they say, turn off the radio or or look for some other voice because that person most likely is lying to you. The thing I like about Cheryl Atkinson is she takes on both sides. She won an Emmy Award for Outstanding Investigative Journalism for the Business of Congress, which included an undercover investigation into fundraising by Republican freshmen. Uh, she had two other Emmy nominations for Benghazi, Dying for Security, and Green Energy Going Red. It was around that time period where she fell out of favor uh, with uh, the people at CBS News and elsewhere. She has kept her good name and her integrity, and she joins us now, Cheryl Atkinson from um, uh, FullMeasure.News. Cheryl, how are you? I'm great, Glenn. How are you? Good. I read your story this morning, and I wanted to get you on because I, I, I wondered if you could take us through what is happening with this so-called Obamagate and kind of explain it in layman's terms and tie it to your your story that you just wrote, which is incredible about all of the news inaccuracies over the last few years. I think that a lot of the conspiracy theories we heard about four years ago that I didn't put much stock in because they sounded so far-fetched in some cases, have to a large degree proven through documentary evidence and testimony to be absolutely true. No one's more surprised than I am because, again, it just seemed like who would do that? And what I'm talking about is... Okay. Go ahead. 
Yeah, I was just going to say, help me out on which conspiracy theories, because that's what everybody says about both sides. Now, it's conspiracy theory. <laughs> so this one is the notion that when President Trump became a viable candidate for office and threatened both the Democrat and Republican establishment, the money system, and what's perhaps even worse, threatened to bring in Lieutenant General Michael Flynn, who, let's say, knew where the bodies were buried and the intelligence community knew he was going to upend abuses and corruption that he knew about, there became a desperate attempt to make sure that that didn't happen. And that included attempts to try to find anybody surrounding the Trump campaign who maybe had been to Russia so that it would be easier to justify getting a wiretap against those people through which they could capture President Trump's communications and try to controversialize them um, and make sure that he didn't serve in, as an effective and complete president. I think that's what we've seen. That's why they targeted Flynn. You remember um, President Obama met with President-elect Trump in the White House. And before any of these conversations that Flynn had with the Russian ambassador that were controversial, before any of this happened, President Obama reportedly told Trump, don't hire Flynn. Why do you think that is? But I think it's pretty clear now based on, again, the documentary evidence that there was an effort when Trump hired Flynn anyway to go after him. And as the handwritten notes of one Department of Justice official said, do we want to get him to lie? Is that the goal so that we can get him fired or get him prosecuted? And that's exactly what it appears they did. So, Cheryl, take me through the the argument or the back and forth of the president knew about this. The president didn't know about this um, and and why that's important. These these meetings uh, that the president was involved in. Which meetings are you talking about? Sorry, the meetings, the meetings at the White House uh, where, you know, uh, I think it was Clapper said, no, I didn't inform the president. The president didn't know anything about this. And we now find out that they did have a meeting um, and they were talking about the FBI investigation was coming to an end. And he said, no, keep it open. Keep it going. Ah, President Obama. I'm sorry. I was thinking President yes. Trump. Um, oh, yeah. I sorry. President done- Trump. Uh, Obama. Yeah, I- I have not dug into that yet, so I just don't I don't have any particular insight. But the question that's been raised by the new information that's coming out three to four years later, by the way, after we should have had it, this is public information. In my view, it goes to the heart of potential criminal wrongdoing and national security. But this was kept hidden even by people working for President Trump for the past couple of years until now. But what we're getting at the heart of now is how high up this went. There has been a a steady stream of documentation from the inspector general and documents and congressional inquiries as to the participation and wrongdoing, including in the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court, improper wiretaps by FBI officials, the doctoring of a document by an FBI lawyer. Well, we, we know all that now, but how high did it go? Did all of this happen sort of under the radar without the top authorities knowing, or did President Obama play a role in helping to direct this? Did his top national security advisor and officials, what role did they play? I think we're finally getting at the heart of some of some of those questions. And I would tell you that in general, it, it, it defies credulity to think that all of this was being done at, a, at that level, the way it was being done without the knowledge of top officials. 
So what were they when you said Flynn wanted to go? Obama would respond. No, the guy's a racist. I didn't like the way he was. Uh, he, he spoke about uh, Islam, et cetera, et cetera. What what are the bodies that Flynn would have known that that Obama didn't want uncovered? Well, I'll tell you a couple of things I know about, and this is before 2016, through my sources in the intelligence community. I knew that they were wiretapping political figures and journalists, not just me, other people. Um, a lot of people improperly, and I would say illegally, being monitored, perhaps blackmailed, or at least leverage used over people you know, that knew they were being monitored or had been monitored. Um, these are really big things that... I think have been going on for years. Edward Snowden revealed some of this. Some of it, we little little bit we found out about with revelations about the Obama administration getting subpoenas against Associated Press and that sort of thing. But I think a far greater danger, there were more under the table efforts, not even legal subpoenas that were being secretly, you know, given against the press. I think there were a lot more shenanigans being conducted inside our intelligence agency for the past 15 years. And top people, Brennan and Clapper, head of the, the director of national intelligence and head of the CIA on multiple occasions that I've documented on a timeline at Sherlackison.com provided false information to Congress. Um, they were part of spying on uh, the Senate intelligence committee, but then providing misleading information when asked about it, then having to ultimately admit it and apologize. I mean, if you think about it, it almost starts to, when you look at the timeline, look like they were spying on practically everybody who weren't they spying on. This is not allowed under our Constitution and in our country. And I think Flynn knew a lot about a lot of this. And going into 2016, I was told this was one thing that many people inside the intelligence community, the bad actors, not the good actors, but something that they feared. So this is the worst case scenario, I think, for all Americans. I don't care if you're left or right. I don't care if you love Obama or love Trump. It doesn't matter. This is awful. Uh, and leads us into a completely dystopian uh, world. Uh, it, do you believe there's enough there, and are there any journalists out there that are part of the mainstream that this will affect enough to where they will say, we got to put partisan politics aside. This has to be uncovered. I just think a lot of the deep diggers who would view things that way and just go where the facts lead that's not being done at a lot of the mainstream news organizations anymore. They're just taking handout propaganda or comments from anonymous sources on one side or the other and publishing them. That's not a lot of real work or digging going into this. This takes real work. I've seen people like Glenn Greenwald of The Intercept and a couple of other places, including some left-leaning publications that have actually dug deep because their interest lies in, in intersects in some cases with the interests of the right where these privacy invasions have happened, no matter who's committing them or these constitutional violations. Mm -hmm. I have seen some deep digging, but it's not being done at what I guess you would call the traditional mainstream outlets. All right. I want to continue my conversation with Cheryl Atkinson here in just a second. You can find her at fullmeasure.news. Um, and I want to go over this amazing piece that she wrote, uh, the media mistakes in the Trump area, uh, the definitive list. And it is remarkable when you look at it go through some of the highlights here in just a second cheryl atkinson will continue in one minute
but if I may, let me tell you about Rectech Grills. Father's Day is coming up, and there is nothing better than a Rectech Grill. Uh, this is, and I, I, I think I mean that literally, there is nothing better than a Rectech Grill, uh, especially when it comes to grills. These things are built out of real steel. It is, it's like built like a 56 Buick. Um, it's not, it is not going to uh, fall apart on you. And that's the one thing I really, I don't like about some of the other grills that you get is they're kind of cheap. This one, because they cut out the middleman, they take all of that extra and they put it into the grill. So it's really high tech. You, you set it, uh, like an oven and you can, you can control it from your smartphone away from the house. It's really remarkable. Uh, and you will smoke and grill the best food you've ever had. We're doing uh, uh, smoked salmon uh, today uh, on our grill, and it's uh, it's going to be great. I saw it this morning. My wife had it in the refrigerator ready to go, and I'm like, oh, this is going to be so good. Rectech Grills, R-E-C-T-E-C, grills with an S, dot com. Make sure you go to rectechgrills.com. You can, you can uh, enter just by going to the website, the Father's Day Contest. Go to rectechgrills.com slash Beck, and you'll find that contest to win the same grill that I have. It's rectechgrills.com slash Beck. Father's Day weekend, rectechgrills.com slash Beck. Okay, 10 seconds, station ID. Cheryl Atkinson, uh, you have you have written the definitive list of media mistakes. Tell me why this is important and why you did it, first of all. Because without the complicity, what's the word? Not complacent, but the complicit media, that a lot of these problems that have happened wouldn't be possible. The, the media helped convince the press, for example, that for, for two and a half, three years, that the president was a Putin Russian stooge by suspending the normal ethical guidelines that require us to not use anonymous sources unless certain things are done to check our facts. And they've basically in in large groups lifted their ethical standards and guidelines to cover this president. And they've stated the reason they're doing that is because he's so uniquely dangerous. And I've always argued that's even more important when when we don't like somebody we're covering it's more important mm-hmm. than ever to stand by our ethics and standards, and we're just not. And these mistakes, which are happening at the most formerly well-respected news outlets in the world, mistakes that shouldn't happen in journalism college are being committed over and over again and universally on one side. If they were accidental, you might expect some of the mistakes, at least half or at least a few, would benefit President Trump. And maybe there's some I've missed, but I've been looking and I have not found any big media mistakes that have benefited President Trump. Yeah, that's what I said about the Chuck Todd thing over the weekend. You know, they said, oh, we inadvertently. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. You have a problem. Chuck Todd should have known the full uh, sod, should have known the full uh, uh, clip, uh, but he apparently didn't or he just acted like he didn't. Um, You have the editor. They cut it. You have the producer. No one, no one along the line thought that that was unfair. No one said, hey, what did he say right after this? Is that really what he said? They just seem to have this, the feeling that they're bad. If it's not on this one, they've done something else. I mean, just get them. 
And Look, it, any amateur, you know, any amateur should have known on the Chuck Todd quote. If someone hands you a quote today, I mean, and I would have done this years ago, but especially today, I would say I want to see the whole thing with my own eyes in context. Right. I want to see the whole transcript myself and read it. I would never look at a short excerpt of something and think that 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 told the whole story. It almost never does, by the way, when I check out an original source, when you hear some sort of, you know, outrageous clip or accusation, my take when I go view something original is almost always different than the one I'm getting on the news, which Mm -hmm. is bad. So what did you find? What are the, what are the highlights of this that really stick out to you, Cheryl, on this list? Well, you know, I compile, I started this, Glenn, when I think I was at about 30 or 50 and I just keep adding to it. But I would say really one that set the tone for me was on president Trump's inauguration day. There was a false report by, gosh, I don't have it in front of me. I want to say time, but I don't want to peg them if it wasn't them. But a major news, national news publication falsely said that President Trump had removed the bust statue of Martin Luther King from the Oval Office. Right. Never happened. And this is this would have been so easy. This this is where the basic tenets of journalism weren't followed. If you think you saw the bus statue removed from the Oval Office, your obligation as a reporter is to, hey, tap someone on the shoulder in the Secret Service or call the White House press office or do something to verify. Am I right about that? Because that was wrong. (laughs) But that report circulated the globe within an hour. And of course, the mea culpa that, oh, that didn't really happen. Those never are seen by the same number of people. And that, I think, set the tone because that was the narrative that President Trump is racist, a narrative that never existed until Media Matters created it um, through one of their affiliates, you know, shortly before the 2016 election. But that served the narrative. And when these things serve a narrative, these reporters seem to just toss aside, again, basic journalism 101 and decide they don't have to verify facts or check their information or, or anything. It's really shocking. So do you see, for instance, in this Obamagate thing? I mean, I can't think of something. President Obama is right about one thing. The rule of law is at stake. He's just on the wrong end of it, I think. Um, if, if we don't fix this, Cheryl, uh, we spiral into something that is really dark and dystopian, I believe. Uh, and it looks as though we're going to have half the country believing one side that has been proven to be wrong over and over again uh, or, or, you know, or the other side. We, we can't live like this. Is anything going to be done? Will anyone actually go to jail on this? Uh, what, what happens from here? I think there will be, and I was told back in 2016 when this started by some Intel insiders, they thought people would go to prison, and they told me who they thought should go to prison, some t- top people. But um, I don't have any great faith that important people that pulled strings will. I mean, I even hear people in the face of the obvious things that have happened based on documentation we have. I still hear people you know, members of the Republican Party say things like, well, you know, we'll have to see if they didn't dot this I yeah. or cross this T. And I'm thinking, right. it's not whether they broke a specific tiny law. It's yes. the overarching coup theory here that's, that's really important. Right. 
Cheryl Atkinson, thank you so much from Full Measure. We'll tweet this article out in just a few minutes. This is the Glenn Beck Program. All right, this is the time of year when your lawn starts to grow at the uh, same rate uh, your kid's hair does. Thankfully, unlike the barbershops and salons, no one's gotten around to arresting people for mowing their lawn, but I may be speaking uh, too quickly. You know, California and Michigan are just starting to uh, mow their lawns, especially in Michigan. If you're tired of having to say goodbye to your family, pack up, uh, you know, the provisions and go out and mow the lawn and spend all day, there is an answer for you. These mowers from uh, Hustler are built like tanks. Their speed and maneuverability turns the mowing uh, of your lawn from a chore to a pleasure. It cuts the mowing time in half. These are the people that invented the zero-turn lawnmower, and they've been doing them since the 1960s. They've just been making them for commercial uh, purposes. Now you can own one, and these these lawnmowers will be the last one you ever buy. Get an extra year of extended warranty coverage by going to HustlerTurf.com. Click on the radio icon button at the top of the right-hand corner. Enter my name, Beck, for the, for the details on the warranty. 1,400 nationwide Hustler dealers nationwide. Make sure you check this out hustlerturf.com only about three more days left i think it's the end of this week for the 30 dollars off at blaze tv.com slash glenn make sure to use the promo code glenn to save the 30 bucks till friday this is the glenn beck program welcome to it i i just have to play this amazing uh interaction between a cbs news reporter and Donald Trump. Listen. You said many times that the U.S. is doing far better than any other country when it comes to testing. Yes. Why does that matter? Why is this a global competition to you if everyday Americans are still losing their lives and we're still seeing more cases every day? Well, they're losing their lives everywhere in the world. And maybe that's a question you should ask China. Don't ask me. Ask China that question, okay? When you ask them that question, you may get a very unusual answer. Yes, behind you, please. Now she doesn't. Why are you saying that? She sits back down specifically. I'm telling you, I'm not saying it specifically to anybody. I'm saying it to anybody that would ask a nasty question like that. That's not a nasty question. Please go ahead. Why does it matter? Okay. uh, Anybody else? Please go ahead in the back, please. I have two questions. No, it's okay. But you pointed to me. I have two questions, Mr. Next, President. Next, please. But you did. You called on me. I did, and you didn't respond. And now I'm calling on. Sorry, I just the young lady in the back, please. I just wanted to let my colleague okay. finish. But can I ask you Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much. Appreciate but it. Thank you very much. This is exactly the way he should have handled it. He should have handled it this way. Um, first of all, in case you weren't watching Blaze TV or just listening to it, this woman, she stands up. She's from CBS. She's wearing her face mask. Uh, and he says you should ask China about that. She then sits down. He calls on the woman behind her and she stands up but walks forward and looks at the other girl from CBS and says, do you want to continue? 
And that's when she leans up into the mic and says, yeah, why would takes her mask off? Yeah. Why would you ask me now? She's fully revealed as an Asian woman. Uh, and she was hinting that the president is just a racist, which you couldn't see the president when she had said, her mask on. Like she, right, she right. legitimately could not. Uh, you had no idea what, you know, I mean, you know, nationality she may have been or whatever heritage she had until she takes her mask off and then blames him for knowing what was behind the mask. Maybe he did. Right. Uh, but trying to and insinuate why you- it's racism. And, and he says that all the time. Ask China. Yeah. Ask China. When you're asking me. Uh, questions. Maybe you should ask China some of these questions. Now, what's amazing about this uh, in, a, in another uh, sense is the fact that her question is, you continually say we're doing better than other countries. Why is this a global competition? Okay. <laughs> Wait. So now the president because the president was under attack for so long saying we're behind every other country we're not doing it like all these other countries we're going it alone we're doing all these crazy things maybe we should listen to the other countries now when he says we're doing better than all those other countries now why is it a global competition This is why the president is so frustrated, and I think why the American people are so frustrated. Ask some damn questions that actually matter. Now, the reason why the president is saying ask China is because there's growing evidence that China screwed something up in a lab and accidentally, maybe, released this coronavirus. Do you think that's maybe important? Maybe we should talk about our bioweapons labs all around the world. Who should have them? Who shouldn't have them? Uh, you know, uh, what what is the state of China's ethics and the security at their labs? This is the the real question is, why was the world unprepared? We were unprepared because China lied to everyone. But they don't want to ask that question. Instead, they want to make sure that everybody knows it's racist to say, you know what? In fact, I don't think I can do the rest of this segment. Do we have the uh, coronavirus flu, please? Thank you. This is just a little theme song we just put together. um Yes. All right, so it's the China flu because that's where it came from. It should be called the Wuhan flu. That's how we do the Spanish flu. That was mislabeled, but we went with that. That's what we thought at the time. It came from Spain. It didn't come from Spain. Okay, but we still call it the Spanish flu. This one we know came from Wuhan. It's the Wuhan flu. Or as our theme song says, the China flu. Now, the president is getting hammered for being technically accurate and and following the way we always name diseases. Always. He's getting hammered. But you know who didn't get hammered yesterday? I'll play the clip from Cuomo, will you? When we started this, Yes, we have more cases than anyone else. Yes, we had this European virus attack us and nobody expected it. Uh, oh, but oh, we're wait. not only going to change wait. our trajectory. Wait. 
We're going to change Wait. its trajectory more dramatically than any place else oh, in the nation. Why is this a competition? Why is this a competition, Governor Cuomo? And should I ask the Europeans why you're calling it a European virus? Oh, my. Oh, my God. The inconsistency. You could maybe call it a European mutation, but I think that actually is on the West Coast, isn't it? The European mutation? Well, I mean, look, regardless of how it, where it came from, if it came from Europe, where did Europe get it? Like, what is the point of this? I have no idea. Yeah, I got news for you. Sarah, do we have the other... Do we have the other China virus? Because it makes me... I mean, you know, we did the China flu thing, and, and, you know, that was cute and everything. But it makes me want to go to the other theme. Do we still have that other theme? (laughs) All right, yeah, look that up. I I can't take it. The media is just ridiculous on this. You know, I, I, I went back... It was late March when we were having, we remember we had these testing issues at the beginning of March, which was a, was a real problem. Um, and we started to ramp up testing. And it was in late March where uh, Science Magazine came out and they said, uh, the U.S. has been behind in testing. South Korea is, is completing an amazing, I think the, the quote was an amazing, a staggering, staggering 15,000 mm-hmm. tests mm-hmm. a day. 15,000 tests mm-hmm. a day. Later that week, mm-hmm. the United States passed 15,000 tests a day. And then the press made this argument constantly. Well, you, you haven't tested as many people overall. And then we passed South Korea in overall testing. Then they started making the argument, well, per capita, it is way behind what South Korea has done. Well, now we are to the point where per capita, we are miles ahead of South Korea and still the questions come in about how bad our testing is I, like there is never the goalpost gets moved every single time we, we make it to the end zone and this this is a massive problem for the media because they are solely focused on finding something they can just you know you know hammer the president and hammer the job we've done when you know look when you look at the global picture we've done a, a lot better than a lot of places but New York has not. Uh, New York Health Department, we found out, just uh, had sent out 1,600 damaged coronavirus tests for nursing homes. Uh, they were unusable. Hmm. So they, they sent those out to nursing homes. Meanwhile, as we pointed out last week, Governor Cuomo instituted a policy that forced nursing homes to take in covid patients and that's why new york state had more deaths in their nursing homes than the rest of the country combined uh he just and he just uh announced yesterday officially putting an end to that policy that is forcing the nursing homes to take covid patients so he is saying things like, um, you know, the European virus. Oh, it's a European virus to keep in the good graces of the left and the left media. He can only they can only cover him for so long. If they turn on him, he's toast and he knows it. He knows it. So he's got to give them the little gems along the way so they can pick those up and gain a little bit more power and he gets more friendship power with those little gems because he's awful awful <laughs> this this That's this great nursing home thing mm. is 
awful. Seriously. They knew it. The nursing homes were begging for this to be changed. He did nothing. He denied even knowing anything about it when his name and signature was on the on the policy. Yeah. Uh, And and how how did he not know about it? Yeah, he he did. And, and, And it's not better. If he didn't know, is it? I mean, I, it's a terrible idea if, no. if he's running this response. And the single most important decision probably of the entire response would be, do you decide to import COVID positive patients into nursing homes with the most vulnerable people in our society to this uh, virus? And he said, yeah, we should. And then when they said, well, what about it? What if we test some people to make sure as they're coming in, they're not positive? Uh, Can we do that? They said, no, you are banned from testing people who are asymptomatic for COVID-19. He did that. And then he finally did reverse it uh, yesterday, which is incredibly late. But we should also point out he continues a policy uh, which seems to be unique to the entire United States, where he is reporting deaths in nursing homes only if they actually died at the nursing home. So if they are a nursing home resident that goes to the hospital, he is not reporting it as a nursing home death, which every other state in the union appears to be doing, which is why uh, his numbers for nursing home deaths are actually considerably lower than reality, despite being the worst in the country. And he continues to do this as well. No reporter has asked him about it yet, but it continues to go on to this day. Well, it just makes me want to play the other China virus. I think this I think Trump should play this every time. We're going to talk about the the China. Now it may be too far. It may be too too far and very offensive. Uh, but just just for the journalists, I think it should be played. Uh, with apologies to every Asian American, every Asian ever born, now, in the past, in the future, really. But just to goad the journalists, I think every time he talks about the jet of virus, that should play. <laughs> now, I just hope that they don't have a theme for the European virus, which is really what's hurt our country. You know this. Yeah, this Italy. Well, we'll find disease. one. We'll get a. We'll get a. You know, we'll get a. I don't know what you call those little squeeze box things from uh, from Italy, or we'll get an oom pop band from mm. Germany, and and we'll make that for. And you know what? No one would have a problem with it. Not one person would have a problem with it. All right. Biggest watchword of the modern era surely has to be privacy. I have to tell you, there is a new story out about uh, what they are, uh, what the Democrats are looking to do on privacy. It is terrifying. It's a government surveillance. By the way, it's H.R. It's Bill H.R. 6666. Well, glad it's four sixes because we know three (laughs) is really bad. Anyway. Privacy. Uh, Back in the Wild West days before the Internet was really a thing, uh, privacy was something that you could practically guarantee just by being a responsible adult. But that is not happening. And as technology is marching forward, it gets worse and worse. You need powerful layers of protection for your devices so you can maintain your online privacy. 
What you need is Norton 360. Norton 360 offers you a password manager and a powerful VPN with bank-grade encryption so you can keep the things like logins and passwords more secure and private when you're on Wi-Fi. But also that VPN allows you to go online and well, you can watch Netflix from any country because you can just have your VPN directed to England and you can watch Netflix England. I'm not saying that you should do that. I'm just saying you are. I mean, you could. Um, the other thing is, is you, you don't have anybody tracking you. You don't have Netflix or Google tracking you when you're online. That's really important. No one can prevent all cybercrime. Norton 360 is a powerful ally for your cyber safety. You can get up to 50% off now your first year with an annual subscription at Norton.com slash Beck. That's Norton.com slash Beck. Up to 50% terms do apply. You're listening to Glenn Beck. Well, if you want to get some really good advice, what you need to do is listen to the Democrats on coronavirus because they've been right all the way along. Here they are. The risk to New Yorkers for coronavirus is low. And our city preparedness is high. This should not stop you from going about your life, should not stop you from going to Chinatown and going out to eat. I'm going to do that today myself. Come to Chinatown. Here we are. We're, again, careful, safe and come join us. There is no concern at this time for coronavirus in our region. The Department of Sanitation is ready for Mardi Gras 2020. The facts are reassuring. We want New Yorkers to go about their daily lives. But there's really no need to panic and to avoid activities that we always do as New Yorkers. We are a hearty people. Americans do not need to panic. What I would suggest, however, mm is that Americans take this as a wake-up call for seasonal flu. There's very little threat here. This disease, even if you were to get it, basically acts like a common cold or flu. So we're telling New Yorkers, go about your lives, take the subway, go out, enjoy life. And certainly not to miss the parade next Sunday. I'm going to be there. If you had to, would you close down the borders? No. We need to be honest about the American people with the American people about the fact that we can't keep people coming here from China. And transmission is not that easy. I think there's been a misperception um, that coronavirus hangs in the air waiting to catch you. No, it takes direct person-to-person contact. We also know that if it were likely to be transmitted casually, we would be seeing a lot, a lot more, more cases. cases. Right, right, because yeah. this is New York and you're in elevators exactly. and trains exactly. with, with everybody all the time. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Of course, you know, nobody will ever hold them responsible. We will. We will. Megan Kelly and her interview with Tara Reid coming up in one minute. Megan uh, asked every question that I would ask uh, Tara Reid, and she joins us next. You're listening to Glenn Beck. I want to talk to you. I want to talk to you about the uh, about the uh, uh, baseball, Major League Baseball, and what's happening because I think I have a couple of intelligent questions. They may not be, but I think I have <laughs> okay. a couple of intelligent questions. Mm. Um, all right, uh, you might think that all lawnmowers are built alike, but they are not. Hustler Hustler Turf has five and a half decades of experience making and building a zero turn lawnmower. 
thousands of hours testing and perfecting have gone into these machines from their trademark smooth track steering system to the heavy duty tubular frame and multi-layer welded steel deck. It is way above you. You will. This will be the last lawnmower you ever buy. Your kids will be using this lawnmower. It is absolutely amazing. They have 1,400 dealerships. They're open for business following social distancing guidelines. Contact your local dealer. Also, if you go to their website to check them out and find a dealer, make sure you go to hustlerturf.com. Click on the radio button and enter the promo code BECK. If you do end up buying one of the Hustler Turfs, you're going to get an extra year of warranty just for doing that. So make sure you do that. Hustlerturf.com. Click on the radio button and enter the promo code Beck, check them out. What you're about to hear is the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck program there are only five journalists i think that i can name that uh i really respect uh and i trust them three of those journalists are women we just had cheryl atkinson on she's one I would love to have Laura Logan on today to talk about what's going on, but we instead have a third out of the five, uh, Megan Kelly. She is all over this Tara, uh, Tara Reed uh, story. She just did an interview with Tara. Uh, I watched it, and rarely do I say she asked every question that I would ask. Usually there's something that somebody left on the table. There's nothing that she didn't ask an incredible interview megan kelly joins us live in 60 seconds this is the glenn beck program so i'm a dog owner if you're a dog owner i want you to listen up uh, my dog has changed uno is a different dog first of all we married him uh you know uh it was an arranged marriage uh, with another German Shepherd, and when she died, we realized what a mistake that was because he turned happy all of a sudden. It was really sad. We we're like, "Oh, I'm sorry," you know. Uh, but he also wouldn't eat, and he would never gain weight. Well, we started putting rough greens in his food, and this is a supplement. It has vitamins, minerals, digestive enzymes, probiotics, omega oils, and antioxidants. We brought it to the vet and said, hey, can we feed this to the dog? And she's like, oh my gosh, yes, this stuff is great. Well, he loves it. He's now eating. He's gained probably 15 pounds, but it's not in fat. He is more active than ever. If you want to see a big change in your dog and make sure that they have all the things they really need to be healthy, Get Rough Greens, R-U-F-F greens.com slash Beck, Rough Greens.com slash Beck, or you can call to order 833-GLEN-33, 833-GLEN-33. Try it out for a couple of weeks and just see if you find a difference in your dog. The huge difference in my dog, Stu's dog, and Pat's as well. Rough Greens.com slash Beck. World-renowned journalist. She is probably one of the best interviewers uh, I have seen. 
I'm trying to think of somebody that was better. Uh, I can't think of anybody that is better at doing interviews. She always gets to the bottom of it, and I think that's because she was a a lawyer. She was a litigator for nine years before she went into uh, journalism. Welcome to the program, Megan Kelly. How are you? Hey, Glenn. Good to see you. Oh, good to see you. I didn't know you were going to be on on Skype as well. Great. Glad to have you. I make it for you. Well, thank you. Thank you. Um, so, Megan, I watched your uh, interview. I've watched it twice now. I honestly, very rarely do I say there's no question left uh, on the table because uh, I wanted to try to get her and I think she chose you uh, instead, obviously. Uh, but uh, I thought I had some real questions for her. You handled all of them. How did you find her? uh personally well personally she was delightful um you know she was perfectly kind warm she's been through the ringer you could see that too this is not a woman of great means and um you know when i got to her she had i think the night before hired well not hired she's not paying him but gotten a lawyer and a pr person for the first time in this whole thing so she for the first time felt a little bit more steady you know she's had no protection and she's out there you know she's on a very thin reed and she's getting it from all sides and she's got no team glenn you know what i mean there's there's no natural constituency backing her so she was a little i don't know if the word's fragile but maybe just a little unsteady so how shocked do you think she was because i i say this to people all the time they say i want to come out take a stand or i just want to agree with whatever And I'll say to people all the time, are you really aware? People don't know, Megan, until unless they've lived your life or my life or Tara's life now, how horrible uh, the media and social media can be. I mean, there it is a business of destroying people now. Oh, yeah. How shocked how, how shocked was she by that? And what kind of damage has been done to her? Well, I mean, I think she was expecting to have her credibility questioned. You know, you 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 better be if you're going to come out and accuse somebody running for president of something as serious as this. She she's not she's no dummy. She understood she was going to take hits in terms of whatever. You know, is she credible? Does the story make sense? But you know, her bankruptcy got posted online. They're going back to 1993 and looking for did she bounce a check? It's like you know what I, I put myself through law school, and you want to go back and look at my bounce checks? You're going to find a lot of them. You know, it doesn't mean I'm right. not a credible person. A lot of us were poor when right. we were in our twenties, and so I think that part of it has been rough. That somebody posted a picture and her address of her daughter, uh, who's you know mm. in her twenties, and, and that's messed up. She's getting death threats over this. Just. You know, the media is totally irresponsible and people are so nasty and social media is so awful. So I think she's she's a little rattled, but, you know, all things considered, she was holding it together. okay. so has the Me Too movement changed anything? I mean, if you accuse the right person, it's good. If you accuse the wrong person, it's not. I mean, has has it changed anything for women? I mean, because if I were a woman and I had a story to tell, I would be terrified after seeing what's happening to her. Well, I will say this. I think political accusers, you know, accusers in a political race get it the worst, right? It's like, not, not that like the Harvey Weinstein accusers had it so great. For God's sake, Rose McGowan right. had secret agents following her and, and trying to dupe her. But if you come forward, whether it's Trump, Biden, uh, Roy Moore, you know, as an accuser in, a, in an election year, you're going to get it worse because 
as we've seen with Tara Reid, even constituencies that might naturally support you are now suddenly very suspicious of you. Um, so I think that's rough. But to your question about the Me Too movement, it's done some good. I think there's no question it's done some good in calling mm-hmm. attention to the fact that, you know, there is harassment I in agree. the workplace. Most women mm-hmm. for most of time have just gone along with it because we kind of were told this is how you make it in a man's world. And so just sort of putting that asterisk in people's minds, like, this is a mm-hmm. thing, and you know, you should probably at least listen when a woman comes forward and actually put it in the women's heads that they can come forward if they have something, all good. But um, the pendulum, you know, which was over here when it came to women's allegations, like when I was in college yes. back in, in the early 90s, if you came out with a rape allegation, you were probably going to be dismissed a lot more easily than you would be today. So that so the pendulum needed to swing, but like so many of these things, we've overcorrected to a point where now yeah. the accused, they haven't been getting due process. You can make a single allegation that's unsupported and ruin a guy's career over 30 years. That's not okay either. You know, we, we got to get to right. a place where we settle, where the women are taken seriously or the men accusing. Um, they're heard, but due process is afforded to the person being accused. So if, if Tara Reid is the person who can do that, by exposing the hypocrisy of some of the Democrats who have, you know, with the believe all women nonsense, which was never sincere, then she's done good for the country. And, you know, we'll see whether her allegation has impact beyond that. Okay, so I want to come back to the listening versus believing and the impact on politics and stuff in a second. But I I want to go, you know, you just said if you made a rape allegation in the 80s or 90s, uh, you would have been in trouble. And what they probably would have done is shuts a slut shamed you. Uh, And I noticed a little bit of this with her answers first wear a, you know, stop wearing short skirts. And she said, I wasn't wearing short skirts. I was just wearing stuff off the rack. Um, uh, But then I thought one of the most uncomfortable things that she said, because I think she knew um, and uh, she felt the old slut shaming kind of thing about her underwear. And how, uh, without getting graphic, how Biden gained access. Um, And you could see she was uncomfortable with that because of her mother. And she didn't want to tell her mother that. And that makes sense to me. And it makes sense to me that she wouldn't want to say anything. And it makes sense to me that she understood the slut shaming thing. That oh, she's asking for it. Look at her skirts. Well, I'll, put, I'll, put my, I'll put my lawyer hat on now and argue it both ways, right? You, you can you can say she was uncomfortable having that discussion because she didn't really want to reveal to the world that she was wearing what I think she was saying were crotchless underwear to, to yeah. work at, at the U.S. Senate because she was supposed to see her boyfriend later, and that, that was her story. Mm-hmm. Um, or you could say she seemed uncomfortable because she wasn't telling the truth um, because she had to explain how he could gain access under her skirt so quickly. And, you know, there's, there's a belief by some on Capitol Hill that all the women back then in 92, 93 were wearing pantyhose, that it was an, either an unwritten rule or an actual rule. You had to wear mm. pantyhose in your legs and therefore Biden couldn't have done this. So, you know, that's up to the viewer. Mm. I really believe people over the course of a 40 minute interview like that, they'll walk away with a good sense as to whether they're, they're seeing a truth teller or not. Did you see a truth teller or not? Well, I'm not going to opine on my own personal belief because I want to continue reporting on this case. And I, you know, I shouldn't choose a side. I mean, I definitely have my own belief, but it's irrelevant. So uh, the, uh, is it the Karen 
person yeah. that is not a real name. Can you tell me, uh, tell me about, and not, I don't know, I don't want to know who she is, but tell me about her and why she is important and why she's not comfortable coming out. Okay, so Karen is by far Tara Reed's best witness. Um, she, Tara has, you know, a corroborating witness that is far more compelling than anything we saw from Christine Blasey Ford. I mean, far more compelling. Um, far more. I mean, there's no there's no contest. And anybody who tells you differently is lying to nope. you. Um, Kate, yep. Karen is the person who was friends with Tara on Capitol Hill and was in Ted Kennedy's office as a young intern at the time. They befriended one another. And Tara told Karen contemporaneously with the alleged assault that it had happened. And according to Karen, Tara's never deviated in a single detail over 30 years about what allegedly happened that day. Now I've spoken with Karen at length. She's a professional, she's smart, she's on it. You know, you talk to her and you're like, okay, I, this is a very credible person who's been successful in her life. Mm -hmm. um, but at best, what that establishes for Tara is that Tara told Karen this happened. It doesn't prove that it actually happened. And so, you know, you, you would have to believe there's something a little wacky about Tara, right? That she would back then be right. making a story like this. But Glenn, right. that happens sometimes. Sometimes that does happen. I'm not saying it happened here, but people do need to allow for the possibility that Tara did make that up and has been telling witnesses for mm -hmm. 30 years because it's a story that somehow meant something to her and she decided to spread it. Okay, so I want to uh, let me take a one minute break and then I'm going to come back with you, uh, Megan, and and follow up there that we we have to, you know, give the benefit of the doubt that maybe she did make that up. And there's another screw loose. We don't know. We'll go there here in uh, just a second. One minute back with Megan Kelly. I want to thank our sponsor, LifeLock. In the recent study, researchers revealed a substantial rise in the number of cyber attacks performed by websites posing as Netflix. I mean, they are just, they don't miss a they don't miss a trick. Uh, you know, they're pretending to be the pizza delivery guy just to rob my house at gunpoint. Uh, if it works, it works. Hackers have begun to focus their attention more on people who are streaming content because we're all doing it. And there's an estimated 2,600 coronavirus-related uh, cyber attacks that happen every day. That's just coronavirus attacks. It's important to understand how cybercrime is growing, how it is constantly changing, and how you need to make sure that your identity is all locked up and protected. Nobody can prevent all identity theft to monitor all transactions at all businesses, but LifeLock can see the threats that you might miss on your own. Join now and save 25% off your first year if you use the promo code BECK. That's pr promo code BECK. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK or head over to LifeLock.com and again, use the promo code BECK for 25% off. It's LifeLock.com, promo code BECK. Pause for 10 seconds and then back with Megan Kelly. So you said to uh, one of my producers, uh, Megan, that the media's coverage. No, 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 sorry. Uh, that it is ha a haunting case in more ways than one. That's a quote from you. Yeah. Why? Why? What do you mean by that? Because if it's true, it's deeply disturbing information about Joe Biden. 
deeply disturbing. I mean, it's sick. What kind of a man would, in passing in a Senate hallway when seeing a young staff assistant sexually assault her, right? If, if, you, if you give her the benefit right. of the doubt and say, I believe her, do you really want that man as president, right? And if it's not true, um, then, then this is sort of one of those situations where you got to ask what's happened to the country where someone can make an allegation, it can besmirch uh, a former vice president, a U former U.S. senator, and all the media now finally is talking about it. Um, and, you know, it's just very easy to sort of put that ring around somebody's neck, maybe unfairly. Uh, but the but the number one thing I want to say about the haunting nature of it is it just exposed how just how false um, these people who are pretending they're women's advocates are. It upsets me as a woman, as somebody who actually has stood for female empowerment for my entire life. I don't call myself a feminist, but I defy anybody to challenge me on standing up for female empowerment. Um, I've done it and I have the, a career that proves it. However, the, the nonsense by these people who were protesting against Brett Kavanaugh, who were vicious against him. I mean, vicious. Mm -hmm. Remember those women who stormed mm -hmm. the Capitol and, and were just oh, yeah. calling the worst possible names? The 180 that they have done now that the allegations are against, are against a Democrat trying to take down Trump is disgusting to me. Disgusting. So, Megan, that brings me to the place where I was under Trump, under Kavanaugh. And Kavanaugh was a little different because uh, I went in to listen to her testimony and I was open minded. I, I don't know. Kavanaugh, I didn't know at all. I wanted to hear her. By the end, I was like, well, maybe I don't think so, but maybe. And then I listened to Kavanaugh. They didn't have anything. And so how could you possibly do it? But even if you. Even if you do believe that maybe this happened, uh, what do you do with that knowledge? I mean, these people who are coming out and saying, I believe he did do it, but I'm going to yeah. vote for him anyway. That yeah. I don't understand. Because well, listen, this is I, mean, I, I can make their case. Their, their case is Trump's worse. They think, well, he was accused by over 12 women of some sort of harassment or assault. So, you know, if I got a yeah, but, I got a but, pick. I'll go with the guy who's got yeah, my if, team letter on the big D on the front. That's what they're thinking. Right. But if you are uh, one that said, how can these people vote for Donald Trump? Cause he's so awful. He did these things. I have, I have tried to stay, listen to people, listen to the accusers. They should not be believed. They should be listened to and taken seriously. Then when they prevent, uh, present evidence, weigh that evidence. But I still am uncomfortable. Tara is the closest I've come to where she has a, a lot of evidence. But I don't want to destroy someone's career on my gut. I don't well, know. know. This is not I mean, a I'll good process. One. I'll say this. In both the Blasey Ford and the Tara Reid case, we're, we're dealing with something similar. The women didn't come forward until 30 or 40 years after the fact, right? Blasey Ford was mm -hmm. like, 40, I don't know, and Tara's 30. Um, it is very hard to put a guy in that position of having to defend that. You know, I mean, the, the, mm -hmm. the, the lack of memory, the absence of details, I mean, and I'll just take Biden's point of view for the, for the moment. 
if she had come forward a week after this happened or a month after this happened, he could go back, he could look at his date book, he could tell you where he was, he could find witnesses who had just seen him. He could, you know, there'd be a way to defend against the allegations. Mm-hmm. Same for Kavanaugh, 100% same for Kavanaugh. But when you're going to slap somebody with these allegations decades after the fact it, and then not even be specific about when, and I understand maybe the women don't genuinely don't understand when and where exactly, um, it gets tougher to just give them the benefit of the doubt, right? Because you're talking about destroying a person's career, their livelihood. I mean, Brett Kavanaugh, they, they wanted to talk about what he did when he was allegedly, or allegedly did when he was 16. He went on to lead a stellar professional life, not even a whiff of an inappropriate allegation and all the time he was on the DC and so on. And yet they were like, he must be destroyed. You know, he, he's a rape apologist. He's all, it's like, Oh my God. Now Biden, he's, he has a whiff. There's been a whiff of inappropriate handsiness, but nothing approaching Mm -hmm. sexual assault of this nature. But I just Mm -hmm. think we, we do put people in really tough positions. Uh, It's not to say you shouldn't come forward. If you have an allegation like this, you want to be heard, but it, it makes your case far less compelling the more time that goes on. All right. So I appreciate that you're going to stick with us um, uh, through the next break. When we come back, I want to talk to you a little bit about what's happening in Washington with General Flynn, with now what Trump is calling Obamagate. And and really, Megan, what I'm looking for is who do we trust? How can we survive as a nation if half of us believe one thing and the other half believes another and especially now that we I just had Cheryl Atkinson on and she just did a list of 130 lies the media has told about Donald Trump that are now provable, provable. Uh, and yet they're going to be probably half the country that still goes along with them. And there's no there doesn't seem to be any consequence to anything anymore that's real. So who do we trust? How do we find the truth? We'll continue with Megan Kelly coming up in just a second. Thank you so much for being on, Megan. All right. Stand by. More with her. That was really was amazing. This is the Glenn Beck program. All right, you then. Uh, let me tell you about Goldline. Uh, I put my money where my mouth is. If I tell you about Relief Factor, it's because I take it. Uh, you know, the, the real estate agents I trust because that's my company. Um, rough Greens, I feed my dog that. Goldline, I just bought some of these. They just have, I don't even know if they have any left now. You should check. But they had 1901, 1903 uh, quarter ounce gold coins. And I bought some of these because I believe it. Uh, I believe gold is going to be uh, the last resort. Um, I don't buy things as an investment. When it comes to gold, I don't buy it as an investment. I, I, I buy it as a hedge against insanity. And when I start to see the world not be so insane or going down that path of insanity, then I'll stop you know, recommending gold. But the world is insane. What we're doing financially is crazy and has never worked. Now, J.P. Morgan, uh, Chase Bank, all of these people have come out and said uh, gold is probably going to be about $3,000 an ounce. They think maybe by next year. Please call Goldline, 866-GOLDLINE, 1-866-GOLDLINE. Call them now. Go to blazetv.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn and get 30 bucks off your subscription. Back with more in a second. 
This is the Glenn Beck program. We're uh, thrilled to have Megan Kelly on with us for the full hour here where we, she just did a Tara Reid interview. If you haven't seen it, you need to see it. Um, it, it really gets down to the bottom and then you're just going to have to decide whether you believe her or not. And then what do you do about that information? Megan, um, I asked you a question about who do we trust? Uh, but before we get to that, can you just tell me the listener, um, what is happening with the General Flynn, FBI, Barack Obama, Obamagate, Donald Trump thing now? What What is this story really? What's happening? I mean, my view of it as a lawyer is the Obama administration unfairly set up and targeted General Flynn and they got him and they threatened his son and he pleaded guilty. And then he decided that was a mistake and tried to undo it. And this DOJ has said, you know what? Yeah, we think it was partisan and we're going to come up with a reason to get rid of the charges against you. So I do think it was probably, I mean, what this DOJ is saying, well, you're lying, you lied, but it wasn't material. So we didn't really have a case against you because it has to be both a lie and it has to be a material lie. They're saying we didn't really have you on material because uh, he, he, uh, he told the FBI that he hadn't had this conversation with the Russian ambassador when he had. Uh, coming into the Trump administration. And they're saying it wasn't material. So you know what? Never mind. Forget your guilty plea. Forget everything. And people are like, oh, it's totally cynical. It's political. It is material. I mean, I think the, the bar for materiality is pretty low. So if the DOJ had wanted to stick it to Flynn and continue you know, going after him, they easily could have. But I see it more as an evening of the scales. You know, the I love how the press and, and Obama's defenders want to talk about the DOJ under President Obama, like it was this totally independent, highbrow, committed to only justice in the law organization. Please, did anybody cover that DOJ? Does anybody remember Eric Holder declaring himself an activist, that he he was Mm -hmm. proud of it? He got rid of all these career lawyers. He replaced them with partisans who were loyal to him. He didn't enforce the immigration laws that were on the books because that's what his boss, Obama, wanted. Like, can you spare me the moralizing, right? So Mm -hmm. I I think Bill Barr, he evened the scales. And now we're back at at least as far as Michael Flynn goes. Uh, When it comes to justice, we're back at zero. Although I think Flynn would say, where do I go to get my reputation back? I'm not crying right. too many tears about that because, you know, you should tell the FBI the truth. <laughs> so I'm so not too I, I, about it either way. So do you think there's anything to the the charges now that this was a uh, a setup and that Obama was orchestrating a setup to hurt Donald Trump's campaign? I don't know the answer to that. I'll say this. President Obama sure did have a lot of direct contacts with the FBI um, in a way that was pretty unusual and that actually excluded uh, his person over at the DOJ, Sally Yates. And why was he doing right. that? Like, what? what mm-hmm. would, I think we need to know more. So I'm, I'm glad they're investigating it. I am open-minded to the possibility that things may not have been completely kosher uh, in the relationship between the executive branch and the DOJ and, and in particular the FBI. Now, Megan, I may have been really naive and stupid, and most of my life I have been. Um, But I remember in the good old days, actually trusting the Justice Department, you know, to us to to the most degree. Um, uh, The FBI was credible with me. 
Um, it's not that they could do no wrong, but there would be a rogue agent or something. I no longer believe in the justice system. I don't believe in so many of these things because there's just too many questions and nobody ever seems to really come down to the answer. It's always political. It's always political. So, 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 so how do we find the truth? How do we survive without a media? Who do you run to when you don't trust the police? You don't trust the government and you don't trust the watchdog, the media. Who do you go to? I have the same frustration, Glenn. Um, You know, I, early on in the COVID um, story, I sent out a tweet saying, I'm so frustrated right now. Because, you know, essentially, President Trump does not have exactly what we'd call an adult relationship with the truth. (laughs) And (laughs) the media (laughs) is even worse. They're even worse. You know, it's like, I love how the media is like, Trump, he didn't have it right on COVID in the the very beginning of March. And he was lying and all this stuff. And it's like, and we, the media, we were explaining everything to you. And you should have believed us. And. And, and there's no self-reflection. Why didn't we believe you? None. You know, it's it's the classic boy who cried wolf. For for three years now, everything President Trump touches, anything that could damage his his administration, has been an eleven. It's an eleven. It's an eleven alert. And now, when they finally got to something that we really needed to pay attention to, and they were like another eleven, most Americans were like, "I don't trust you anymore." I can see this could be damaging to President Trump. And that's the last story I would trust the media on. And I, mm-hmm. I myself had that same feeling. And I didn't trust Trump's information either when he had that presser and he was saying that he was shutting down travel from Europe, which only turned out to be partially true and kind of a mistake. I, I am frustrated myself because I don't have like the one source I can go to where I'm like, okay, that, that person's going to be totally honest with me. I have a couple that I listen to or that I read, but it's tough. you got to actively work for it. So what happens to a republic when most people aren't going to read? They're not going to look into it themselves. I hear from people all the time. Glenn, you say do your own homework. How? How? I don't even know how to do my own homework. And there are so many conspiracy theories. And then on top of it, you have YouTube saying, you know, the average person in their basement, they don't have a valuable opinion. We can censor those people. Wait, that's what you built your business on. And that only makes things worse. You know, when they say, only if you disagree with the WHO, then you're not credible. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Uh, we should question the WHO. And it's That's just right. feeding onto itself over and over again. Well, and to your point about, you know, the FBI, I used to feel as you felt, too. I mean, I was I was sort of in the justice system for 10 years as a litigator, and I had nothing but reverence for the DOJ, for the attorney general, for the FBI. I mean, I had sort of been Mm -hmm. raised to believe in them and to give them complete benefit of the doubt. I used to think Comey was, you know, like a a national hero, the story at the deathbed, like the Comey, I really admired. What a 180, right? Now he, like, I see him so differently, but it's a good lesson. It's a good lesson, you know, just because they get this sort of big badge, we shouldn't necessarily give them big deference. And I, I mean, I will tell you what I do as somebody who's just a private citizen at the moment, you know, trying to figure life out. Every morning I go to realclearpolitics.com and I've been doing this for over 10 years, realclearpolitics.com. And they take an editorial from the left and one from the right. And they always have both sides of every issue. And I read them both. Mm-hmm. And Glenn, if you take 
one from the left and one from the right and put them kind of on top of each other, like transparency mm -hmm. style back from when we were mm -hmm. in school. Um, a set of facts mm -hmm. begin to emerge and you can see them being spun one way or the other, but you do emerge with a set of facts that each side is sort of grappling with. And that's, that's the best I know how to do right now. As far as faith in government institutions, I think one of the good things Trump has done is rattle that, you know, he, yeah. If he hadn't thrown such a fit I about the FBI, I, would we know what Comey is? Would we know about Peter and Lisa and their texts and their affair and their, you know, their willingness, their intent to get Flynn among others? We wouldn't. So it's more information is better. Are you uh, are you concerned at all with the coronavirus of some of these states where I mean, you know, we don't even know if Elon Musk is going to be locked up today. I kind of hope just because it'll be entertaining <laughs> um, as he will never let it go. But you know, some of these states have been very draconian. Are you concerned that the American people or, you know, the, the spying, the the adopting of new technologies that are for the virus, but I doubt they'll go away. Are you concerned about any of that stuff? I mean, what concerns me right now is how anyone who's focused on the 30 million unemployed wants to kill grandma. Right. That's the narrative in the press. If you have any empathy for concern about the economy, the people whose lives have been ruined by the loss of their livelihood, their lifelong job, their lifelong career, You're, you want people to die. It's such a false narrative. And I think, you know, we're now at the point where we really have managed to flatten the curve at like, for example, in my home state of New York. Um, and we have to get real about the fact that life is going to go on and human beings are not going to stay inside for much longer. They're just not going to. Mm -hmm. I mean, the notion that you can say we have to stay inside until we find a vaccine or we have to continue the lot crazy bull baloney they're not going to do it that's not in our dna as americans and it's not because we don't care about grandma you know it's just we freedom is built into us as a people and there's only so much people are willing to sacrifice of their own lives their children's livelihoods before they say we have to find a compromise we got to find a way that people can get back to work and we can still do something reasonable to mitigate the losses. I think we I agreed at the time of, of shutting things down because of the overwhelming of the hospital systems. We just couldn't we just couldn't do that. Um, but w uh, what we've done instead with the the shutting down of the entire economy for this long, I, I, I worry about what's coming next with the economy. I mean, I, I just I, I look at Governor I don't Cuomo. Know. I in, in, I'm, I'm a New Yorker. In Governor, Governor Cuomo, New York, when he first started coming out with his press conferences, I was like, okay, I like this. I like being told the good news and the bad news, and then I'll make up my own mind about whether I think your policy makes mm -hmm. sense. Now, it's totally morphed. Like, now his line is really truly like one life. You know, it, one life makes all the difference, and we'll deal with the financial impact later. Like, that's that's not... Since when is that U.S. policy that we have to completely shut no. down all risk to any one life? I mean, when you're talking well, about not only that, life, that's one thing, but we can't keep the economy shut to protect one potential life. You will have massive loss of life because the economy tanks. Nobody's looking at that side. And I, I, I got hammered uh, from the left and seemingly everybody else by saying we are destroying lives and destroying rights by trying to uh, hold up a right that none of us have a right to, and that is to always be safe. 
There's, there's, there's no way possible for that to happen. Um, we don't have a right to just save one life by, by taking the rights away from everyone. That's not a lie. You weren't born with that right. right. You are yeah, going to run into been, risk. Not times out of 10, the people who I see, you know, lecturing people on how they ought to be, they ought to be quiet about the economy are people who are journalists and who have jobs and steady paychecks. You know, how can you Thank judge you. somebody who goes to one of these protests and, and you know, you shouldn't get to close and you should be respectful and the masks are good but like how can you judge somebody who can't pay their mortgage or their rent can't pay for their kids food or schooling and and trying to get their voice out there because they don't have a national microphone to say this is wrong and i matter too you know i just it upsets me the the elitism i see amongst the journalists of like oh the neanderthals who don't care about human life Megan, I don't know how you've stayed so normal, but I'm glad you have. Thank you so much for all the work that you, uh, all the work that you do, and stay healthy. We'll talk again. Thanks. You too, my friend. Good to see you. You bet, uh, Megan Kelly. Uh, if you have not seen her interview with uh, Tara Reid, you need to. Uh, it'll. I think it'll answer all of your questions that you might have on this Joe Biden thing. Uh, all right. Somewhere in America, within the sound of my voice, there is a man stepping through the doorway and into a room that still has the look and feel of the business mausoleum that it's been for months now. The boardroom table shines, the overhead fluorescence, the tireless work of the janitorial staff is bouncing off of the table because of those lights. They're glad, by the way, to be back to work as well. He strides in confidence towards his place at the head of the table. The faces around are careworn and a little tense. They're all starting over. They look at him to lead them to the promised land. Yeah, he's wearing a suit. Wouldn't be a board meeting if he didn't, would it? But beneath those perfectly pressed cuffs, he, he, walks, he walks in with a new message. It's a message of hope, a message of integrity, something to let them know they're all back in business and it's going to be fine. His pair of Tacovis boots really says it all. Handmade from the most exotic leathers, boots that take 200 handmade steps to make. And they also look damn good on this corporate cowboy. Find your pair now at tecovis.com slash back, T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com slash back. Tecovis Western Goods for your frontiers. Tomorrow night on Glenn TV, the FBI, the Department of Justice, the CIA, the Obama administration, all colluding in the worst transition of power our nation has ever seen to take out President Trump. And it turned out to be a disgrace to our country. And it was a takedown of a duly elected president. Glenn reveals the players involved and the documents that prove it. The Russia investigation, a political assassination. Tomorrow night, 9 p.m. Eastern at blazetv.com slash Glenn. You're listening to Glenn Beck. So what do you think? Of Megan uh, and her analysis on things, too. I thought she was great, honestly. I mean, I, I think she was uh, very smart perspective on, all, on on those topics. And, you know, she was able to, you know, there's just not a lot of people who do what she's doing anymore. And there's not, she doesn't come from a big partisan side of the of things. And she kind of just lays out what she thinks is true. And I, I, I at least at this point, more probably more than ever, value people who, at least I believe, are giving me their actual opinion. Even if it's not right, 
at least I believe they're not manipulating it to try to fit some sort of uh, market signal. Um, and I don't so think she was very careful not to give her opinion, especially yeah. on Tara Reid. Right. She, she didn't give her opinion. She gave a good, a good analysis of, of what occurred. And, and that, you know, it was nice to hear that, I think, where I'm not getting I think if I, we went to some left wing source who did that interview, you would see, uh, you know, the typical, um, you know, all of a sudden they wouldn't believe no women <laughs> they go to that side of it. And if you went to a, you know, there was a lot of push for Reed to go do an interview with a um, much more partisan, conservative Republican type of host. And I don't think that would have done her story uh, uh, any value. I mean, I don't, I don't think it's bad for mm-hmm. her to do it now, but I think the first mm-hmm. interview would, it was smart to go to somebody who could be you know who has played these issues and, and and dealt with them very seriously in the past but also would ask her tough questions and i think that was a, it was a good balance i think it was a smart move by reed actually i think if, if megan's smart i think what she's doing is she's setting herself up and i hate to use this as an example but it's the only one where barbara barbara walters was the yeah. one that you wanted to have to do the definitive interview with yeah uh and if she continues down this path that that's what she will You're become listening to glenn